You wanna hear a good joke? Nobody speak, nobody get choked. Sports fans, it is Friday here on 89.1 KHOL, and Teton Sports Talk is here to bring you a little bit closer to your weekend. I'm your host, Massey Zeman, and down in Texas, Graham Trainer. Massey. Oh, say that again. You broke up a little bit. Massey. Yes. What's your, what's your wife's name? Hillary. Hillary, if you're listening, I love you. I can't wait for GI Jane too. Keep keep my wife's name out of her your mouth. <laughs> Are we leading the show with the Will Smith slap? Because I have seen more memes in the last three days about Will Smith than I ever care to again. Every podcast in America, we have to we have to do it too, Mass. You know how it goes. It's like we wanna we wanna make sure that we're we're doing things properly. We're not we're not like being too cool and, and not bringing it up. Just to start, just to start the show, and then we'll 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 move, we'll move on. Okay. All right. Here's my take. You ready? I'm ready. Will Smith is so deep into Scientology, there's a culture behind the veil there that if someone insults you to a point, you have to slap them. And it's almost, a, if you don't slap the person that you uh, that you get insulted by in Scientology, you, you lose a rank. So Will Smith publicly yeah. getting shamed was a shot at Scientology and his rank. So in order to keep his rank and maybe advance the rank the Scientologist required him to slack Chris Rock and he did so in order to stay at the top tier level of Scientology I did hear that I heard that briefly I don't know what what I was listening to I heard it I was like yeah delete like I'm not I'm not committing this to memory but since we led the show with it um there it is no Chris Rock See, is, now you, go ahead you accidentally you accidentally researched this all this whole this whole the, the Oscar buzz. Who cares? I mean, at first I was like, yes, this has got to be staged because the Oscars are so boring. But then I start, yeah, you dig deeper and you're like, there's no reason for this. This doesn't help either of their causes. Maybe it help Chris Rock for his stand up comedy routine for the next you know five years, yeah, or at least the next six months. Um, doesn't help Will, Will Smith at all. And then he won you know Best Actor, which was like. Oh, great. He won best actor too. And then he started talking about defending women and it just got really weird. And yeah. So the Scientology thing, I did hear that that is wild. And I could see that being the reason because they have some weird, like they have to, what is like seeking it's like in front of others, like seeking some sort of um, revenge for spiting them. Whatever. Those guys, those guys are a tax evasion scheme. If I've ever seen one. Tax it's like agent. all that weird yeah it's like all that weird twin stuff where the twins like feel feel stuff for, you know no that's actually real that's actually a thing that's a that's a real thing me being a twin i'll defend yeah. the twin the weird twin stuff that happens if you're a twin and you're listening and you care to share your weird twin things that happen to you over the course of your lifetime email us at uh gtrain84 at gmail and just weigh in because oh. weird twin stuff happens Scientology, no alien souls that were frozen and got blasted down by a spaceship into the volcanoes of Hawaii and then in, inherited the earth. Like, give me a break. <laughs> Was that before the dinosaurs? If I woke up tomorrow and I had 1,000 emails about Scientology from fans, loyal listeners, I would, 
I'd have the greatest day of my life, Massey. Yeah, I would be and very, would, I'd be very stoked. You would feel that. You would feel that. Even though we're not twins, you would feel that. <laughs> I would feel your inbox you filling up. Um, last thing, I thought what was really funny about the Will Smith slap is the <laughs> idea that the – I mean, coming from the Williams perspective that we're sitting up in the in the balcony, like there to watch the Oscars about their family – and just yeah. the, and just the, I forget Venus and Serena's father's name. Just the dad being like, "Oh, that's the man who Richard. betrayed me, uh, not betrayed, but portrayed me on screen." And he just slapped that other man in the yeah. face. That's what he, and that's what started like derailing. Like even though you, I mean, it's great to cry and look like a great actor on stage when you're crying, accepting your your award. But then you start, he starts derailing with like. Yeah, you know, I'm, I just got to portraying Richard, uh, Richard Williams, and he reminded me of a moment like that or something. It was like, are you talking about Richard Williams? Is like he beat Serena and Venus? What What are you saying right now? You're You're starting. You have derailed. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's enough about Will Smith. That is That is four minutes did, and twenty you, seconds. That was a good too segue. Long. Segue into tennis. Good job, Massey. Um, if you're listening to this on the radio, it's April the first. And that is the annual Gaper Date out there at JHMR. It is a hell of a good time, but I will say it's a hell of a good time to get hurt as well. So just keep it safe and keep it sexy out there. Uh, it's going to be a little kind of mild, maybe sunny. There are so many, well, let's just call them FU rocks out there in the snowpack in JHMR. Don't be mocking 10,000 miles an hour in a 2-2 and hit a rock and end your season for next year at the end of this year keep it safe keep it sexy and if you go off the end of the thunder bumps make sure it's a backflip back yeah backflips only yeah you don't want to injure yourself especially if you're going on the grand canyon with massey he will kick you off that boat if you can't paddle i have so. had i have had i've lost a participant on the grand canyon due to injury this year later oh, in the day in a kitty terrain park accident oh. So, just mm -hmm. tall boys. Uh, there was some tall Other boys tall involved. Boys. There was a rail, and there was a a biff, and uh, that person is had to had to cancel dead. his trip. He's not dead. No, that's He's a very nice guy. He's a very nice guy. I won't call, I won't we'll blast keep, him out on air, but I. Yeah, well, you you keep your friend's name out your mouth. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, <laughs> I freaking love Gaper Day. My boss hates Gaper Day, so I'm going to work tomorrow. Um, so that's, <laughs> so I'm going to work. So, uh, going to work like a fool. Um, is that an April fool's, is that an April fool's joke? You're not really going to work tomorrow, are you? No, I'm, I'm going to work oh. tomorrow. I'm going oh, to be in a wood shop making crates thinking about, <laughs> that sounds like more fun. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not that bad. Power tools are kind of fun. Um, what a man is mid 30, mid thirties does. Uh, how about, um, are you going to cover, uh, Hill climb was hill climb uh, uh something to something to oh, hold. I missed hill climb. I did the uh umpteenth annual PPP pole pedal paddle. It was oh, a great go. time. First day on the river, got my boat out. The the thirsty beaver. There were costumes. Mm -hmm. There was libations. We soaked in the Astoria hot springs. We rounded off the trip by the by going to the bird. Very vague memory. I just got Venmoed for the bird. That was about my only memory of the bird. Um, and we had a good time. Good. I saw. I saw. Um. Macarena oh, I made the front video. page. Like fun. I made the front page. 
They took a, a what? A Jackson Your old times? Jackson old daily. And you can't no. tell it's me, but I know it's me. They took a picture above the South Park Bridge onto the put-in, and all our boats were there, and I'm, like, pumping up the raft or something. And there's, a, like, a very tiny picture of me, but it's definitely me. It's my first time ever in the Daily. I put it on the Wall of Fame at work, made the front page. So did 30 I other people, so. but I was there. Yeah, I had um, – I was lucky enough to do that back in – when did Public Enemy go to the Pink Garter Theater? I was on the front page that year great moment i've got it framed somewhere it's somewhere around here in storage i'll have to get back up on the wall um, congratulations we came uh, well, welcome welcome I, i'm welcome to the welcome to the club mm-hmm. welcome to the club um you need to get that content asap put on tst um i'll have to i forgot about that part uh hillary has been in the in the paper five or six times she just is photogenic and just gets typical the, celebrities. Yeah, it's like what the hell? Not even trying. Like I, I've I was begging the cameraman to take various pictures of us at the put-in, and the one he chose was the one above the above on the South Park Bridge, a hundred feet away. So it's kind of disappointing. I was like, oh, you're taking pictures for the paper? Hold on, let me pose over here. Do you need me over here? And he was like, yes, good, 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 good. And they didn't choose any of them. I mean, there was there was beers in everybody's hands at ten thirty in the morning. So I'm assuming he couldn't use those. Well, dark-haired, light-eyed babes, you know, sometimes they, they usually beat us out, Massey, for pictures. At least you didn't have a moment with the, hey, Andre the Giant, get out of the picture. <laughs> yeah. Yo. <laughs> hey. I forgot the other thing he says. Yeah, that's yeah. a good quote. I'm, I'm there with you. Sarah Marshall quotes. Forgetting Sarah Marshall quotes. That movie's okay. from 2008. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of 2008, this last time Kansas won the national championship. Speaking of sports, let's get into the huddle. The Ooh. huddle, Yes. The huddle is the good news of the week, the critical number of the week, something you are stuck on, your quote or question of the week, and we have a new segment. It's about a month old, your goat of the week. I'm pretty excited about my goat of the week. Um, So I'll kick it to you, trainer. What is your good news of the week? Mine's kind of – it's kind of uh, vague, but I've I've started to notice. I watched – I got a little distracted by this uh, end of this – nets bucks game which went into overtime it's pretty sweet yeah bucks one by one so your, your team won mm-hmm, i saw uh, that congratulations uh yeah Giannis is still hitting his free throws so they're unstoppable still um it's kind of nasty right now this new new wave of uh young talent they kind of are a, a little bit more of a dgaf and i feel like we're kind of at the the tail end of the banana boat buddies you know like oh I think yeah that that like era of too much you know, they'll still trade jerseys and sign and take picks after games, but like during the games, it's pretty mean and nasty. Nobody, nobody wants to be friends anymore. I kind of, lo- I kind of love it. Like CP3 and LeBron, the last remaining good still banana boat buddies. Carmelo kind of stinks, and Dwayne Wade is on TV somewhere doing a um, some sort of game show. Um, they are, you know, kind of like boot. They're kind of cr- cranky old boomer millennials at this point. So, well, that's we good. This young, this young talent. Young talent getting a little vicious with each other. Well, that's good. I mean, they finally have a number of years in the NBA with each other, and they're probably sick and tired of each other's like BS that's gone on and on over the years. I mean, you, I'll bring this up yeah. later, but Jay Crowder and Draymond Green got into it. Draymond yeah. Green yeah. gets yeah. into it with everybody. But you're right, right. Like that old salty generation, like two or three generations above this one that says they're all soft, they're going to have to start eating their words here soon because they're getting chippy out there. I mean, the fouls are soft. The the older uh, Barclays and Shacks, they're still going to complain about that, which is fair. Yeah. I saw somebody, um, I, don't, I don't know what game it was, but somebody's goatee hit 
a guy and he got a flagrant too. Oh, that, that was, was like Lance Stevenson. Ago. Lance Stevenson just like yes. did the did the oh my gosh. Yeah. I just got and yes. it was like and they review that you have to review it and they reviewed it and they were like, Well, it was you're you got thrown out. It's like what? That's part of elbows <laughs> when I was playing basketball, and I hate to go back to the glory days, when I was playing basketball, elbows for me was a tactic, was something that was taught to me. That was like, hey, yeah. if you get in a trap, you're legally allowed to put the ball in your chin and swing through. I mean, my brother knocked two people unconscious with elbows. It was, I mean, it was awesome. It was awesome. You, you just paid the price right then and there. You're going get, to get two up in my grill? Guess what? Here's an elbow into your nose. Now, now what are you going to do? You're going to back off. The good old days, y'all are nothing days. Yeah, but it was the, the whole, like, goatee uh, swiping face whiplash flop which was hilarious which is very lance stevenson i forgot that's who it was um yeah try so to they're gonna, anyway they're gonna complain they'll complain about the the um the refs calling lame lame fouls but they cannot complain about the i feel like angry rivalries that are starting to form i love it i love it i also my yeah. good news is nba related too. the pelicans have played yes. their way to the ninth seed, they're starting their. I, I mentioned this last week. They're starting their West Coast tour with the Lakers uh, tomorrow night, then uh, to the Clippers, and then Sacramento. Three road games before they go home for the last three games, which I think is against Warriors, Portland, and maybe Memphis is on the road. Um, but that's still on this side of the continent. I still think it's unfair the Pelicans play in the West. Ninth seed. You know True. who's the you know who's the tenth seed right now? It was the Spurs yesterday, but now it's the Lakers, and so the Pelicans down by eleven. Down, down by, by eleven. 11 current, wait, who are they playing right now? They're at Utah. Oh, that's a loss. That's an L. Give me two. Anthony Davis yeah. is saying he's going to come back and play on Friday against the Pelicans. Sure. The Pelicans already hold the tiebreakers tiebreaker over LA, so they they have a little bit of a cushion. But it's, it feels good instead of just backing your way into the playoffs, coming off the all-star break and push, doing your final, having a successful final push. Like the Bulls right now are falling, right? So they're falling. They were the second in the East, and now they're fifth or something like that with a chance to go even lower. It's nice to be on this side where you're working your way up instead of falling down in the seating and backing into the playoffs on a, just a free fall. So I feel good. I mean, we don't even have Zion yet. So I don't, there's yeah, exactly. Been, and so I don't, yeah, I, I, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, and like, as you said with Anthony Davis, like you got that cancerous situation out of the locker room a couple of years ago, they won a title in the bubble. <clears throat> Didn't count. Mickey um, Mouse. The Lakers did. And you got those picks and you got like a, King's ransom for Anthony Davis. He can't stay healthy anymore. Zion's not even playing, but Zion seems to at least be like trying to mend things with New Orleans a bit. So despite like maybe being a playing game and, you know, maybe making some noise in the first round, you're going in the next season feeling like there's something to build upon. Yeah, going in going in and playing the Bucs, I, I I understand. We have no chance. But Ingram, Ingram, I'm going to label him this. The poor man's KD. He's long, he's lean, he can shoot. He he does he, – um, I just love Ingram. I wish we had Drew Holiday still. Um, and then C.J. McCollum has added like a level of attitude and balance and stability that the Pelicans franchise desperately needed after Zion disappeared for six months and didn't show back up. C.J. McCollum comes on the team, 
And guess what? Zion shows back up. CJ reached out and said, "Hey, yep. let's let's talk." So yeah. CJ's been yeah, CJ's been on a team that's kind of like overachieved in Portland. He played with a hard ass Dame Lillard and he's come over with that kind of attitude and leadership and that's awesome to see and I think that like you know Portland went to a Western Conference Finals only like maybe 2 years ago so, oh, that's so right. McCollum has experience. He has experience. Um and I was thinking about this from LeBron James' perspective like when will Le- LeBron James be uh back on the floor? And I can imagine a scenario in which the Lakers need to win one game to make it to the playoffs, and LeBron James just plays up his heroics of whatever injury is ailing him right now. He's like, "Oh, my ham, both my hamstrings are torn, and my ankles don't work, and I lost a, I lost a hand to the, and I'm only have one hand, but uh, I'll be out there for the Lakers, and I, and I'll bring home a playoff berth for us. I can. That yeah. is the only way I see LeBron if they're out of the playoffs, like with two or three games left. There's no way he plays those two or three games. No, no, I, I would love to see. I think LeBron should do more Big Ben stuff. Not, not that stuff, but the stuff where he puts pads. In, yeah, yeah, and, he's and, covered and, in uh, ice. Ace, ace bandage, uh, a humid ace bandage. Yeah, ice. Oh, ice and, uh, all over his body. I had another good news. Mm. The United States what men's team's football football team is mm. in the big dance. They're they are going to the World Cup in the most one of the more corrupt countries in the world, Qatar. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I mean, they is it Qatar? Is it what? I've heard cutter. Is it Qatar? Or is it cutter? What if if it if mince if mispronouncing their name hurts their feelings? I'm going to go ahead and say whatever <laughs> is the mispronunciation. They built all their stadiums with slave labor, like straight up slave labor. They also had like a most recent genocide, like they were murdering Buddhists or something. Like this is FIFA is so corrupt. It's it's unbelievable how we're turning a blind eye to it. But hey, it's. Russia's not going to be there, so uh, why not us? Oh, that yeah, that, I didn't want that to come off as a uh, Graham knows geography names better than you. It was more of a what if we have uh, maybe like some loyal listeners in Cutter slash Qatar? We don't even know it. Oh, you gotta be right. careful. You never know who's listening. <laughs> yeah, don't want to like, offend the listeners. Um, here's Qatar another mob. Here's another thing that uh, goes against the World Cup, not in viewership, not in like anti World Cup stance. But it starts in late November and goes to mid-December. Like, I'm busy. That's, that's the meat. Not the meat. I would say that's, that's the dessert of, of football season, especially college football season. There are some meaningful games in November and December. We, we can't be having soccer on the television while football is going on. But what was – I'm sorry. I rewind that. What was, what's happening in November that's, that's soccer-related? The World Cup. World Cup's in November? Qatar or Qatar, whichever one offends you most, is so hot, <laughs> is so oh, freaking hot, they can't I have the World Cup this. in the summer. Like, this, that is how corrupt FIFA is. Like, oh, uh, we'll, we're a summer, le- summer league, and uh, we're going to have we – don't, you don't have to pause all the major soccer leagues throughout the world, uh, the Europa League and the Premier League and the whatever other league, Champions Tottenham League. Tottenham Hotspurs. Yeah. Tottenham Hotspurs. They're having to shut down those seasons in order to do the World Cup this year because it is so inhospitable in summer in Qatar that it they can't play. Like it's you just see bodies yeah. lying on the ground, just shriveled up little raisins. You know, I totally miss, I totally missed that. You've got your whole sports year planned out. Good for you. I completely whiffed on the World Cup. Is that the first time in history it's not in summer? It's got to be. Got to be. That's wild. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, Todd. Well, yeah, Todd. Usually we have like 
the Olympics or the World Cup to carry us through a summer, and this year it's in the middle of football season. It's like, what do you want us to do? What do you want us podcasters yeah, to do? Yeah, I need I need World Cup to be dog days of baseball when I just you know I'm still playing my fantasy league, but I need something else on television. Yeah, I mean even baseball players getting punched in the face is kind of like won't carry a will carry more weight than the World Cup in my opinion. All right, what is the your critical number this week, Graham? Oh, mine's similar to yours. Uh, your good news in a way. Uh, three. Three. Um, I don't know. As you said, the Pelicans are the nine seed. The, the Mavs moved up to the three seed after Golden State lost to the Suns last night. Um, now we're lined up to play, well, the Jazz still, which we've been lined up to play for the past like two months um, as a four and a five seed, which so not much has changed, but it's cool to be, you know, on the rise. Not like the Bulls going, oh. Is it because Luca's in better shape? Has he like played his way back so. into shape? Yeah. He um he's too big to be Dinwiddie's a point guard. Been, Dinwiddie's been a, gr- a great um addition. Porzingis. I think Porzingis was feeding Luca some sort of European food behind the scenes that they were both like sharing and Luca's getting all fattened up or or he was on the Zion diet. I don't know which one, but I'm glad that Luca's yeah, he's rounding into form. <laughs> nice. Good good. Um <laughs> My critical number, 17. Oh, 17. Phillip Rivers' number uh, in the NFL. 17 titles amongst the four final four teams left. Ooh. Oh, goodness gracious. The, the Blue Bloods. The Blue Blood Invitational is set. We have Kansas versus Nova. We have Duke versus UNC. 17. Yeah, three titles with Kansas, three titles with Villanova, one in like 1952, the other two with Jay Wright in, uh, oh, I think it was like 2018 or 2000. Yeah, they went one in the 80s. Maybe it was the 80s. I I didn't write that. I didn't write all my facts down. Five with Duke. Five. Oh, sorry, you're probably right. I mean, that was back when, like, yeah, it was like, you know, UNC with Jordan. It was Georgetown. The Big East was huge. Maybe Nova never actually won in the 80s. They just got close. But sorry, continue. Yeah, and then I was going to say five with uh, freaking Duke and Coach K. 91, 92. Just saying, it took it takes him about a decade to win each one. So I don't think it's his year. 91 and 92 back-to-back. Coach K won in 2001. Not again until 2010. And then 2015. And UNC has six over the course of their history with various coaches, Roy Williams, Dean Smith, my, you know, just, just those, those legends. Um, but I feel like we should take a, a, a dive into the final four and talk about our picks and talk about the matchups. First, I want to start with Kansas and Villanova. These teams are both stacked. Yes. I was wrong to pick Providence, but I'm a big, big East guy. So that's my bad. <laughs> Uh, Bill Self has three titles. His last one, or maybe he has three titles. His last one was in 2008. He played, so a little history of this game. He played Villanova in the 2018 Final Four. So there's a bit of a rivalry here. Um, He's got the Big 12 Player of the Year. Um, He's got four seniors on the squad. Villanova's got the Big East Player of the Year and Colin Gillespie, who is 40% from three-point. And as a team, Villanova is shooting 80% from the foul foul line, which is going to absolutely, in my opinion, win them this game. I don't think getting to the foul line will lose Nova this game. The problem with Nova right now is that they lost, just lost their second leading scorer, Justin Moore, to an Achilles injury. 
They only run a six-man rotation, so they're going to have to get some unfamiliar bodies in there. In there, they lack depth. Kansas put a hurt on Miami, and it's hard to get the second half of that Miami game out of my mind when they outscored them like fifty to fifteen or something like that in the second half. It was me. It was like it was like uh, senior abuse against Larinaga. I didn't like that, not one bit. And and anti ACC. Not not stoked on Kansas right now. Uh, speaking of ACC, two ACC teams during their down year in the Final Four. Just pointing out facts. Just, yeah, that's true. Just um, pointing out the facts. On the other side of the bracket, I know. Um, I did see. Yeah, I saw a cool. I forgot the Kansas guy's name. You, you mentioned um, Big Twelve Player of the Year. I saw. I randomly saw something. It was oh, like behind the behind Ocha, the scenes Final be Four. Old. He he kind of got the Drew Brees treatment where he did like you know he's like a stud in Kansas like basketball and didn't get any offers anywhere. And then Bill Self like randomly had. I don't know, gone to see some game and picked up on him. And he was kind of like down, down on his luck and feeling like he didn't wanted to already start thinking about like going to college or something else. Yeah. And pretty cool story. But after I, yeah, I wish I remembered his name, Todd. Um, and, it's, um, oh, I'm I can pick, spell it for I'll you. Pick Kansas. You're going to pick Kansas. I'll, I'll go on the other side and pick Nova. I would have picked, I'm doing my opposite thing already for in, in, um, Looking to next year's bracket, right? Pick the opposite who I think is going to win. I'm going to pick Kansas because I think Villanova is going to win. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nice. I like that. Um, his name is Ocha Akbaja. Akbaji. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it. So let's go to the other side of the bracket. My two most hated teams are playing each other. One I hate more than anything else in the world. So for a couple of yeah. hours on Saturday. You and me, bro. You me both. For two hours, I will be cheering for the UNC Tar Heels. Ooh. But. Ooh. But. I just hate Coach K and Duke that much. I hate their fans. I hate their approach. I hate Coach K's narcissistic, condescending attitude. Um, I don't like the way he treats his players. I don't like the way he chews out media members when they ask typical questions. Remember that Duke, uh, the guy from the Duke, school paper after their loss a couple years ago when they weren't doing so hot and then coach k i think faked an injury or faked a sickness or took duke out of the regular season only played acc whatever it was during COVID. he was like so what's your plan this next week and coach k just ripped him a new one and you're like yo dude he just asked like the most here's a bounce pass of a question and you just chose a a school college school boy writer Duke fan to berate like yeah. and he yells at his fans during the during games and stuff it's like what are you doing what are you doing yeah it was like coach K bro settle down he didn't make a joke about your wife being the next GI Jane you need to just relax a little bit poor kid um and I would really like for Herb Herbert in his first year excuse me Hubert Davis in his first at UNC to taste you know what I want to happen in an ideal world I want Villanova to beat Kansas I want UNC to beat Duke, and then UNC lose to Nova. That way, UNC lose to Nova. You, yeah. you, neither UNC or Duke are happy. I like that, and I feel like would this be um, is this would this be the the rubber match as they say in baseball between UNC and Nova? Where they played twice in the uh, teens, the odd teens, whatever you call those, the the, ten, the roaring tens. Yeah, I like think two thousand. You know what I'm talking about? Like oh, yeah. I mean, like the Villanova. No, they played in the championship game, and the greatest go-ahead three-pointer made by UNC, double pump. So, do you, do you remember this? 
So UNC comes yeah. down with like five yeah. seconds left or whatever, goes up for a three. He He's obviously going to get blocked, dodges the block while in the air, and then puts it up, hits the three to go ahead. And then what the guy's nickname was the Big Smooth. Villanova came down and hit a three at the buzzer to win, like back to back. Greatest, two greatest college basketball final shots ever. And UNC was on the wrong end of it. So if UNC wins and Nova wins, that's another storybook. You know, there's so much story story here. Obviously, Duke and UNC, the, the the heated rivalry there. Kansas played Villanova in 2018, and UNC lost to Villanova uh, in that in that 2018 championship run as well. So it's like it's like really dense on the storylines, and it makes me very excited to watch. Yeah, that's true. I think that's a good way to look at it because, and I feel like we're we're kind of you know we're, we've already picked up the coffin. Um, we're going to go visit the morgue soon. Coach K, it's almost over, Massey. Either way, it's almost over, but hopefully it doesn't end with a championship. If it ends with a championship, it's never over. You don't <laughs> – do you true. not understand that? I That is why I, I have so much stress in my life. If it's Coach true. K wins a championship, Duke is going to have this forever. I don't want that for them. I cannot have Coach K going out on top. That – I'll die. There, I'll set it. I'll just die. I'll keel over. <laughs> Someone's going to have to come try to call an ambulance the moment Coach K wins a national championship and call them to my house because I'll be dead on the floor. Oh, yeah, my gosh. It is. It is yeah. No, and right. how, it is. It's something I don't want. I think all the bartenders on Bourbon Street really hope Duke doesn't win any of these games because could you imagine how much less money they would make if Duke won versus UNC or like the Kansas or Nova <laughs> faithful, like the, you got a bunch of people with their top button button and their tie just a little undone. Like, ah, oh, I just got off a, a Zoom meeting and I watched the the Dukies win. I'm down here in New Orleans. Uh, got uh, got off a conference call with all my law school buddies and oh, don't touch me, bouncer. I'll sue you. My daddy will sue you. And like, don't order a martini at the Bourbon Cowboy on Bourbon Street, you idiot. Ah, oh, they're yeah. Printer, they're, they've never. Printer, if, go ahead. If Duke wins, printer sales at libraries are through the roof. Oh yeah, uh, they're gonna try to. They're gonna be like, they're gonna get drunk off the uh, the little test tube things that the cocktail waitresses come out after like ten o'clock. Those little neon test tubes that have like zero percent alcohol and it's just sugar straight to your brain. They're like, oh my gosh, I had so many test tubes last night. Losers, losers. And they're blue. And they're and yeah, God, the color is so bad that. Too much blue on late sa- Saturday night. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be irate. I can already tell him. I'm already irate. I'm already irate that Duke is in the Final Four and Coach K has that little pin, that little hey, in my last season I made the Final Four. That makes me angry. Yeah. If they win the championship, besides you having to come to my funeral, I'm going. I'm my my innards are gonna melt and ooze ooze out of my pores. Oh Agreed. Lord. I want to go to Coach K's funeral. Uh, five titles won, not six. So I totally, totally in alignment. Yeah, I'm gonna go to his funeral just to make sure. I'm like, hey, open up that coffin. He's, are you sure he's in there? He's not pulling a Tupac, is he? <laughs> he's not going down in the Caribbean. Is he? Not, is he? Is he gonna unretire? Yeah, there's a good chance. Coach K is like, psych. Rewind it. Um, what is your stuck on this week, trainer? Um, mine was actually yeah, it was pretty similar. It was uh, uh, worst March ever. Uh, no who's in the tournament. Uh, Duke and three other blue bloods in the final four. four Duke with a chance to win gas prices through the roof. No tiger and Phil at the masters. Um, Hold yeah, on back up tough. thinking about 
Let me let me let me ask you about these these no Tiger at the Masters because I'm hearing rumors that Tiger is going to be at the Masters. Oh, is he coming? I is that uh, maybe this is indicative of the rumor rumor mill itself, but I've heard just some grumblings, some rumblings that Tiger was going to make it to the Masters this year. Oh, I love I love you breaking news today. I mean, I I'm going to trust your crystal ball over mine. You knew you broke the news to me about the World Cup in November. Maybe you're right. Maybe I'm behind. Well, it's. And they think it's it might be like kind of in a ceremonial aspect, like Arnold Palmer always hits the first tee shot. Because <laughs> um, Tiger already, yeah, well, maybe. maybe not not in not in a way that's like that he's expected to win, but to think that he could walk eighteen holes for four days under two feet that he almost lost in a car accident—that's going to be pretty tough, pretty tall order. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I, I guess I guess it's like one of those things where. Tiger is almost doing like the celebratory walk the course thing that Nicholas and Palmer did, but like at age 45, but he'll end up, you know, end up going next year and winning the whole thing, which be, which would be very interesting to see kind of like the farewell tour this year, but he's also like going to be in good health next year. Didn't he already have it would, one of it would these? Be an interesting look. Didn't he already have a comeback injury masters win? Yeah. Yeah. 2019 when the UVA won, uh, won it all. Oh, maybe that's why I was strapped. Great was March. So, that was, was a so, great March in April. Yeah, I was yeah. so drunk that month. I don't even remember that happening. <laughs> um, my stuck on, I think it's probably pretty obvious here. Andy Dalton is the saint. Andy, what, what's that? Andy Dalton, the Red Rocket, formerly of the Bengals, Bears, oh, and Cowboys. There you go. Yeah, don't forget about the sandwich, the Cowboys. Yeah. Need- um. How did you how did you like Andy Dalton in Dallas? <sighs> he was forced into a pretty big role after Dak hurt his leg and then he got yeah, was, smoked by someone on the goal line. I was gonna yeah, that's right. Uh the Washington former were they the were they the R words back then? No, yeah, they were the R words. That was still when they were disgusting. Well, they are they're still disgusting, but they're the disgusting cam- commanders now. Um yeah, he got rocked. Dak did, Andy came in did his best. It was kind of a feel good story. It was like TCU kid gets started for the Cowboys for a few games, but I had no other choice. So, you know, it's one of those things you just kind of grin and bear it for a little while. I will say this. I mean, I would, I wouldn't be surprised to see Andy Dalton early for the saints, but I do like his press clippings. Remember when Matt Nagy last year was like, Andy Dalton's a starter. And Andy Dalton was like, uh, I guess I'm the starter. And like, even to the media, he was like, I'm, I don't, that's what he says, but you know, Fields has taken the first team snaps as well. So, like, I don't really know what he's talking about. He has Andy Dalton in New Orleans has already gone, come out and said, "This is Jameis Winston's show. I'm here to play oh. the role. I'm here to play the role of supporting Jameis Winston. I'm going to help him out in any way I can." Perfect. That's what. That's the attitude I need from my backup quarterback. Good. It sounds like yeah. It sounds like Dalton's. Uh, he's gotten down. He's he's fallen down the humble tree a little bit over the years after you know, taking the Bengals to the promised land, meaning to the playoffs. Um, no offense, Adam, but, you know, back when the Bengals did not have Joe Burrow, those were the heights. That was the the ceiling is the roof, as Michael Jordan once said. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was good to – yeah, I feel like Dalton's a good – he's a good backup. I don't know if he's fourth string for the Saints behind Taysom and, and, and Simeon. I don't think they have Simeon. But, I think it's just I think it's just Ian Book now. Remember, remember when he looked like oh, the – oh, the, book for about the book oh my gosh when he was running around all scared after half the saints 
team and coaching staff was out on COVID, and they they barely could field an entire roster against the Dolphins. Ian Book was just running blame, for his yeah, life. I blame Brian Kelly. For, I blame Brian Kelly for not having him prepared for that game. Yeah, yeah, you know what? That makes total sense. It was probably Brian Kelly being like, "Hey, we're soft Notre Dame. You don't have to be that good. We don't play anybody." Right. Um. Yep. I don't know if you're gonna. Are you gonna bring up Bruce Arians? Um. I yes. In a, in in a, in a bit. Okay. I, Stay tuned. Okay, that was my uh, good tease. That was my stuck on as well. But I'll I'll get to that when when you when you bring it up. What is your quote slash question of the week? Oh, got to pull up my phone here. Got a quote. Uh, took a picture of it. Screenshot, as the uh, the kids say. I think they say that. I need to get my ankle fixed, but I just want to make sure I got an obligation or a commitment from a team. It's a lot for a guy to go do surgery without an idea of where you're going to work or who you're going to work for. That is, that is Mr. Antonio Brown talking about withholding his ankle surgery. If I, if you were to take any, any advice, um, take this right here. Michael Thomas had ankle surgery in June or foot surgery in June and didn't play. So, and he was under contract. So if you're going to be appealing to teams, I think they would know, they would like to know how you're recovering from surgery first. But as a recent surgery survivor, surgery sucks. And, yeah, and it, I don't and blame them for not wanting to get it. Okay, fair. I was going to go a little more on the um, the stats here. Antonio Brown has made over $80 million in his career. An average ankle surgery, according to Google, the Google uh, machine, is around $4,000 to $12,000. So, is he short on funds? Is this a oh, it's a money Antonio thing. Brown? He needs his next yeah, contract so, in order to get surgery because he needs to pay for right. it. Right. So yeah, or no, yeah, nobody's gonna who's gonna put him down for an endorsement right now. So you know, mm. you bought the mega box at the Super Bowl, and people were like, "Why are you spend that money? You just walked off the field in the middle of a Jets Bucks game and quit." Um, a little worried about him. Obviously, we always are, but especially financially, if he's like. I can't invest in myself to get ankle surgery so I can be on an NFL roster next fall. That's kind of scary. I do like that spin zone. I cannot invest in myself yeah. unless I'm, unless he just is dealing with like, I just don't want to go through the process of it. Cause we saw it with right. Andrew Luck, right? Where he was like, I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of rehabbing. I'm tired of getting on a table and having some PT stretch me out and just have the stress sweats. Um, have you ever had the stress you sweats? Were... Terrible. Yeah. I... I've had stress sweats. You, you had a more, good for you for having a more empathetic take on this. I definitely had a more like, I'm a corporate numbers guy, like expenses and shit stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was, um, I was thinking, yeah, I know. Like it's not a great thing where Antonio Brown always gets dinged for his brain kind of melting away. And if he's put himself in a bad place financially too, I just feel I, I, you get to a point where you st you kind of stop making fun of somebody and you start being like, uh, this is kind of sad. Yeah. 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 I, I get it. Both sides. That's what you get on the show. You get a well-rounded, well-rounded take like that. Well-rounded. My quote, my quote of the week, uh, you're from Buckhead. You ain't like that. You, you from Buckhead. You ain't like that. Um, basically using the con young. Basically used in the context of like, I know where you're from. You're soft. Don't come at me. Ooh. Ooh. And it has um, to do. It has to do with the uh, the NBA getting salty. 
So it's not – is it Atlanta Hawks related? No. So this was Draymond Green was chirping with Jay Crowder and one of his quotes. Oh. It's so funny because Jay Crowder is from a, a place called uh, Villa Rica, Georgia, which is probably like an hour away from Atlanta. It's like closer to Alabama than it is to Atlanta. Um, but it's just so funny that Draymond Green was like – the only thing he knew about Atlanta was Buckhead, and he's like, you're soft. I mean, it's like saying, like, oh, you're from Pacific Palisades in L.A. You're soft. Like, it's it's just something funny to name a ritzy neighborhood and be like, you went to a good high school. I could beat you up. Yeah, Massey's, Massey's from Jackson. He's not from Pinedale or Rock Springs. He's soft. Yeah, exactly. I get that. Exactly. We had a lot yeah. of that with the Hill Klein came in town. They're like, these Jackson folk, soft. I can just I can just tell. Look at them. Yeah, Draymond Green is a, is a sled neck, basically. And yeah. yeah, it makes sense. Making fun of the Jackson locals. Draymond Green's, Green's like, do you even drink Monster? Do you even drink Monster Energy Drink? Like, give me a break, dude. I'm hard as I'm hard as hell. I'm going to drink Mountain Dew and Captain Morgan all night and get rowdy. I love it. Do you think, do you think Duke fans drink Monster or is that that's too much caffeine? Duke, Duke fans drink soy milk lattes. <laughs> Decaf. That sounds delicious decaf they they drink chai lattes because decaf. they don't they don't like for the uh the caffeine to affect them too much i gotta stop with the notifications on my computer i have no idea how to mute it technology's above me all right so let's let's continue on oh i had another quote did you see this from the panthers mm-hmm. gm uh no what happened he just said that he was doing a press interview about the draft sets but we do need a qb and at some point you're gonna have to take a shot especially when you're in the top 10 panthers have the six pick and sam darnold's is sitting at home like oh man oh, oh man he's having that's the andy dalton uh this is he's living the andy dalton life from this time exactly last year yeah, yeah it's like sam you're uh now I'm a, you need to grab a clipboard and a headset and be a good backup and just make millions of dollars in this, li- in this league until you get to play maybe one or two games and remind people that you're pretty good and then when you get to the third game Everyone's like, oh, he's, he's going to fall apart. He's going to throw six picks, and uh, that, that'll be it for Sam Darnold to resurfaces again off a yes. roster yes. somewhere. And then GM, uh, Friday headline, GM for Panthers says, Sam Darnold is our quarterback today. Yes, yeah. <laughs> after <laughs> after they draft uh, uh, Malik Malik Jones, I think that's it, the Liberty QB's Malik name. Willis or Malik Matt Willis. Corral or uh, Kenny Pickett, whoever, yeah, whoever's the big guy right now. I can't keep up. Um, yeah, there's not a clear one, two, three, but it's one of those things where he'll just Sam Darnold is our quarterback. He's going to have to answer that question every week. Sam Darnold is our quarterback. Sam Darnold is our quarterback. Um, what is who is? Your, you, go ahead. Poor, poor former USC quarterback. Oh man, so tough. There's there's Southern California kids playing playing football <laughs> in the NFL. It's tough. Um, who is your speak? I I've all, I've also let me go ahead and be a hypocrite here and i've also pointed out how many southern cal kids go to ohio state oklahoma alabama clemson uh and uh, i'm missing somewhere on there so and they're elite at their positions in the nfl but i'm gonna graze right past that if you if you put on a usc helmet that makes you a target Right. You stay at home. You stay in LA. You're just like, oh man, Cali. Like you don't know, you don't want to get out and see the world. You don't want to go to Tuscaloosa and see the world. <laughs> you don't want to see the strip malls along the, uh, the black warrior river. Come on, man. You don't, you don't want to go, go to Columbus and be, you know, educated or, um, you know, become like a man of, uh, and green. What is, where's Clemson is Clemson and Clemson, South Carolina or Greenville. 
you don't want to go to Greenville. And, yeah, sure. And uh, become cultured. You're not cultured. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, who is your goat of the week, trainer? Well, that's going to bring up. Uh, it's not Bruce Arians. It's Todd Bowles. We've been campaigning for this guy for a while. To yes. Get a head coaching job. He got it. He got it the back route way, the back end way, which Succession. is totally fine. He was getting. Um, hmm? Isn't there? A, isn't there a show called Succession? Succession. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's the yeah, he's one of the um, um, why am I one of the Roy? He's the Roy kid who finally gets to take over for Brian Cox's character, Logan Roy, and he was getting a bad, not a bad rap. He was getting an unfair chance at a new head coaching job because the Bucks were successful, and then everybody hires their coaches before the Super Bowl, and they're like, well, the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl, or they're going to the second round of the playoffs for the NFC Championship game. So Todd Bowles finally gets a shot, which he deserves. I'm glad he's the succeed, succeed, successor to Bruce Arians. He was a great pick. That means Leftwich is next up. We love him too. So I love Brian Leftwich. I've loved Brian yeah. Leftwich since the GMA, GMAC Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, when he practiced at our high school getting prepared. And then he broke his leg in the game and got carried down the field. And I remember watching that and being like, this guy is freaking awesome. That was back when you were throwing elbows in high school basketball. Oh yeah, dude. That's when I was smashing, smashing faces and and getting dominated. Um, (laughs) coming off the bench. Um, great, great bench guy, by the way. Great bench guy. Um, I wanted to bring this up because I, in my stuck, but I'm stuck on the fact that the media has been uh, choosing to try to flip the script on it and saying Tom Brady came back under the condition that Bruce Arians wasn't going to be the head coach because they spat back and forth at each other on the sidelines a couple of times. And Bruce Arians is like, are you kidding me? If you have to write something, write it. But I'm not going to sit here and let you think that that's the case. Todd deserves this chance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the unfair part of it. It is It is the timing is strange because Bruce Arians didn't this didn't happen before Tom Brady came back, which makes you wonder, but it's also not fair to Todd Bowles to be like, this is the reason you got the job. I think it's more of a, maybe he's like, Bruce Arians is like, well, now that Tom's back, he's kind of a coach player, player coach or whatever you want, coaching player. Um, plus Todd Bowles is very um, able and deserving of a second chance after having to endure his first head coaching job with the Jets. Yeah, that was just this, but yeah, anyway. The Jets thing was such a disaster, and and you can't help but you can't help but look at the Jets and say it's the Jets' fault. There's just no way you can look at Todd Bowles in that no. situation and be like, oh, it's all Todd Bowles. The Jets was, was a mismanaged franchise, and it's just the either you go there to retire or you go you're like Le- Le'Veon Bell, you go there and cash a check and you don't play. Like the Jets, there's good uses for the Jets if you maybe it's a. Maybe it's a stepping stone for you to get back at your rivals and you go to the Jets for a year and then you go play for the Vikings and make the NFC Championship just to give the oh. middle finger to the Green Bay Packers, Brett Favre. And send some send some uh, picks. I think there was a flip phone back then. Send some pictures to some masseuses, but pre-Deshaun Watson too. Yeah, that was uh, – Yeah. Oh, man, Deshaun Watson, what a – Oh, that is such a sticky situation. Let's not even get into it. I don't even know what to say about – no, 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 but yeah. How don't, Cleveland don't, sold don't forget those. Th- don't forget, uh, uh, you know, Favre having his little midlife crisis there with the masseuses. Yeah, yeah. Gets forgotten. People don't forget. <laughs> People don't forget. Um, I have two goats. Uh, one I want to talk about brief- briefly, but do, have you heard of the country music artist Eric Church? 
No, I haven't. I love that you're doing two goats though. That makes go to the week even better because that makes it like, so it's not a goat, which is exactly the, the problem with using the word goat these days. Well done, Massey. Yes. I have not heard of church. Um, Eric church, uh, his top, his top hit is, uh, Springsteen. Um, the only song oh, I recognize yeah, yeah, yeah. is, uh, put a drink in my hand. I like drinking, drink, drink, drink. I work I hard and I, I'm a simple yes. man and I drink. That guy, yeah, yeah. Well, he is a lifelong UNC fan, and he canceled his concert in San Antonio to go watch UNC play. He his gross revenue for each concert is around eight hundred thousand dollars. So I don't know what cut he sees of that, but he's given that up for his sports fandom, which I thought was awesome. Of course, country music fans are completely out. Basketball, if it was a football game, maybe, but basketball, I just love that he was like, you know what. My favorite team is playing my most hated team in the Final Four during Coach K's retirement tour. I got to go watch it. I, I just got to go. Like, I, and to a non-sports fan that they're complaining about, I was I booked my hotel room and was about to drive four hours to San Antonio. It's like, dude, sometimes you just have to say, go be a human, go cheer on your team, and especially in such a historical moment. I was like, you know what, Eric Church. Good on you. You lost some fans. You lost some money, but you stay true to your fandom. I respect. You have my respect. Yeah, and I guess you know you could you could have a, you could talk to one of these other uh, Paul Feinbaum uh, you know listeners that are complaining about this and say, hey, you know what, you know you you're missing this country um, country concert because of this, and they'd be like, well, the UNC has been in the um, Final Four a bunch of times the past like five or six, ten years. You'd say, well, this is crazy, but I'm going to tell you something. This is the first time in history that Duke and UNC have met in the entire NCAA tournament, which is pretty wild. I didn't even realize that until last week that stat came up. Oh, yeah. I, that's been shoved down my throat for, for a couple of days now. Like, yeah, did, yeah, you, did you know? So we're reporting on it a little late, but it, it is right. You are right. Like That's, mm -hmm. that's a big part of the storyline is that they, these two have never met in a more meaningful game. They did meet in a very meaningful game in Coach K's last game in Cameron Indoor, and UNC spoiled oh. that, loved it. But um, this is the most meaningful game they've ever played against each other, and they play twice a year for the last thousand years. Yeah, it's just wild. I mean, I understand that like they've always been the way they are. They've always been high seeds, definitely placed you know, the, the NCAA council places them strategically in different parts of the bracket so they'd never really meet up but it's just wild in the history of march madness they'd never played in any sort of tournament game well there, there is something i learned that uh the committee makes sure you don't play an in someone you've played before that season or maybe it's just in conference they mm -hmm. they make sure that they seed it in which that you will not meet up with that team until the the elite eight I think that's oh, right. Okay. Then, so round yeah, of 64, round of 32, Sweet 16, you'll play a team that you haven't played before, or at least that mm -hmm. season. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it, that makes it, uh, yeah, makes it work numbers wise. My second go to the week. But a bum. Dan Snyder. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did Danny, what did Dan do now? What did Dan do now? So the, uh, the subpoena that, the, that Congress is investigating uh, the Washington football team for is quote, a toxic, toxic work environment that had to do with harassment of women and other various shorts, sorts of 
devil devilry that Tam, Dan Snyder's capable of. It has just been released that rumors are circulating that Dan Snyder kept two books, two financial books, which means there's one that he reports to the IRS and the Ooh. one that he keeps under his desk drawer under lock and key. And so right now you can do a lot of things, but the IRS takes their job pretty seriously. They do even even for us even for us grunts, Massey. They they still they still go looking. So this sounds like some Al Capone stuff. I'm liking this. Yeah. So if you're gonna lose an NFL franchise, you might not. I mean, you might not lose it to some various forms of being an absolute, um, you know, fill in the blank. But you will lose it if you if you don't give the government your money. Yeah. Ta- tax fraud will will catch up with you. Yeah, especially if you're a big financial fish. Like Mister Mister Snyder, as he likes to be called. I don't even know what he does. Yeah, Mister Snyder. It's a a good question. How did he make his money? Did he inherit this team? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess. uh, Fine real estate. But I'm gonna look that up. (laughs) Yeah, you go ahead. Um, That is the most obscure, uh, Mister Snyder. Excuse me, Dan. Um, initially made his fortune with a marketing business, Snyder Communications, that he started as a college dropout, which tells me nothing. So we still know nothing. Communications. I have the ability to send emails business cryptically. Ethics. Yeah, like what the? That's like someone being like, "Hey, I work for uh, Capital Investment Inc." And you're like, "Dude, pound sand." That is just such a front for something else. You're probably selling <laughs> guns to the Russians, dude. Anyways, well. That is it for our show. I cannot reiterate how much fun you should be having today. You should be out there on Gaper Day, living it up, getting sunburned places that you've never been sunburned in the last mm-hmm. umpteenth days. Uh, upper quad. Upper quad. Uh, shoulders. Maybe. Shoulders, yeah. yeah Armpits. If, if you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt with a deep V, don't forget the sun, the sunscreen in your chest because it, 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 it's burned after a while. Yeah, and hopefully you, uh, yeah, hopefully you make it off in one piece. Hopefully, Coach K does not make it off the court in one piece. So I hope he poops his khakis and I hope he on the fakes an injury. Again. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, yeah, enough, enough about being safe at Gaber Day. I will say this: this year we cannot burn a tree down. Last year, someone burned oh, down. For, someone God. burned down fire. a smoke shack. There is not much snow out there. We cannot have a forest fire this early in the in the fire season that's a big no-no sports fans that's it that's all